and welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today, you guys, we have a very special guest, the amazing and beautiful dear friend of mine, Rachel Mansfield. If you are not familiar with Rachel, then you can get familiar if you want by listening to the last four episodes of Rachel on this podcast. This is her fifth time as a podcast guest. Sorry about that text message coming in. I have a surgery coming up tomorrow. And by the time you guys listen to this, the surgery will have happened. I'm having a fibroid removal surgery. And I'll tell you all about it. I'm sure I'll do a whole dedicated solo episode to the surgery. And we're also going to film for YouTube because I have been back on my YouTube game. You can actually watch some recent videos that I've done on YouTube by heading to youtube.com slash the balanced blonde, where you can also listen to all my podcast episodes. Fun fact even this one. So if you're not listening there, you can always go check out all the fun stuff that's happening on YouTube. I'm finally getting back into making videos because my current assistant, Carlin Bryan, is really incredible with editing videos and we're having a lot of fun with it. The main thing is that I'm just trying to remember to actually bring the vlogging camera with me so that I can take videos of myself so that we have enough content for each week. So subscribe there. It will be fun. Back to Rachel. If you don't follow Rachel, she's an amazing food blogger. She shares all sorts of healthy paleo dessert recipes. That's her specialty, but she makes other types of recipes too. She does healthy banana bread, healthy loaves. Jonathan is obsessed with her paleo blueberry loaf, as you will hear, because he makes his appearance in this episode. He has a fun little cameo. He came home while I was Skyping with Rachel. And he told us some of his, what did we even talk about when Jonathan came on? Some, I think he told us what his last meal on earth would be because Rachel also told us what hers was. And of course it was delicious because she is a food blogger extraordinaire. In this episode, it's pretty different from the last episodes that we've had with Rachel. We talk a lot about her infertility journey, which has recently culminated in her pregnancy. She is now entering into her second trimester. She's pregnant with a little boy. And we talk all about her fertility journey, everything that she's learned with female hormones and getting pregnant and really the emotional ins and outs of everything she's been through. Finally getting pregnant, what that felt like. She walks us through the whole thing. We talk about her gender reveal party and finding out that she was having a little boy. And then we just catch up with her. We do all the fun rapid fire questions. We talk about her human design and her birth chart, which is so fun, you guys, because she's not into all the spiritual stuff that I am. So getting her to talk about all that is always fun for me and probably for a lot of you listening, because if you listen to this podcast, then you're into the soft woo. I use that soft woo as kind of like a quote unquote, my agent, Sarah mentioned that because we're talking all about my next book and how woo woo will I get with it? How spiritual will I get with my next book? And she suggested a soft woo, which I think is perfect because my next book is all about 
a lot of other things beyond the spiritual. So don't want to alienate people who aren't into the woo-woo, but it's always a big part of my life and a big part of this podcast. So thank you to Rachel for coming on. Thank you for everybody who has been following my blog lately on The Balanced Blonde. I'm doing a whole September series where I'm blogging five days a week, Monday through Friday, kind of addressing lots of frequently asked questions that I get from you guys and post topics that were sent in by all of you. That's been a lot of fun. You can subscribe to the blog. We'll put a link in the show notes or you can always just go to thebalancebond.com and see what's going on. I have tons of new posts up lately about crazy doctor's visits that I've had and Q&As and intuitive eating, um, plant-based eating versus veganism. So anything that you're interested in, that I just mentioned, you can read more about on the blog. It's been a lot of fun to be more consistent about the really original OG part of my blogging business and blogging career. So find more there. Enjoy. And before we dive into this episode with the fabulous Rachel Mansfield, I wanted to thank our sponsor. So listen up for this sponsor, you guys. This is a new sponsor and someone who I basically almost passed out of excitement when they asked me to work with them because I personally have been a diehard fan for years for a lot of reasons. And I'll tell you why. The sponsor is Fabletics. So if you're not familiar with Fabletics, they are a super cute activewear company that was born in 2013, which happens to be the year that I graduated from college, Loyola Marymount University. And it was co-founded by the actress Kate Hudson. So if you're familiar with Kate Hudson, you've probably seen her in involvement with Fabletics. She's a co-founder, like I said, and she's one of the main models and faces and spokespeople. So if you're a Kate Hudson fan, you might also be a Fabletics fan like me. And the reason that Kate and the other founders started Fabletics is because they noticed a huge disparity in the activewear marketplace because it was very difficult to find trendy and stylish activewear that was actually priced affordably. So when you think of lots of activewear, and I'm guilty of this too, I'm very guilty of it. I wear all sorts of expensive activewear brands, but you really think about how expensive it is and how expensive it has all gotten. So what's really incredible about Fabletics is that they create clothing that's made to inspire physical activity in any type of setting. They always aim to create fashionable and on-trend workout clothes clothing at an exceptional price point. Their mantra, which is a favorite favorite of mine, is live your passion every day. That's so in line with Soul on Fire. You guys know. So we have a very special offer for you. Fabletics is offering that you can get two leggings for only $24. So that is a $99 value by using my special link. And to keep it easy, like I do with almost every brand, my link is just their website dash blonde. So this time it's Fabletics slash blonde. That's F A. B-L-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash B-L-O-N-D-E. And the way that it works is you just take a pop quiz about your style, which is 
something that they will help you to personalize your outfit recommendation. And you can shop from thousands of styles that are curated especially for you. So you can also become a VIP where you get up to 50% off of regular prices, free shipping, and lots of additional perks. It's truly a one-stop shop for activewear. Everything from yoga to running to sports bras to shoes and accessories. And there's absolutely no commitment whatsoever. Their designs are all done in-house. You cannot find these pieces anywhere else. And the price comparison is out of control. So if you think of like, I'm not going to name them, but like other brands that I wear all the time, their leggings can be over $100. You can find running jackets and sweatshirts for over... And this is really crazy because this offer, when you go to fabletics.com slash blonde, you'll get two leggings for $24, which is almost half the price of a sports bra from a normal competitor. So we really, really want you to just enjoy, find that cute gym wear. You know, I'm all about the active wear. It's high quality and it's affordable and Yoga pants and yoga clothes are what I live in. So you don't want to break the bank. You just want to be comfortable. And this is an absolutely exceptional price point. So I'm really, really excited to offer you this special deal. Two leggings for only $24. When you go to fabletics.com slash blonde. I actually got my shipment from them yesterday. The delivery was extremely quick and I'm obsessed with the trainer two-piece from the Demi Lovato collection. The material is really stretchy. It's durable. It's comfortable. I could live in it all day. Highly recommend them. Check them out. Very excited for you to try. Tell me when you do. Tag me on Instagram as always. And without further ado, thank you Fabletics. And let's head into this episode with Rachel Mansfield. Hi, Rachel. Hey, George. (laughs) I'm so glad we're doing this. How many times have you been on the podcast? This is round five, maybe? This morning, I actually wanted to listen to not the last episode, but the one before that we did in January for our intentions. Mm -hmm. So we talked about like manifesting. And I think that like what we started to manifest like actually came to fruition. And I went to listen to it this morning, but I think it's five times now, four or five times. I think so too. I think it's probably five. Yeah. In January, when I blindsided you with the intentions within like 30 minutes of starting no, the episode. No, that was April or May or oh, something. Oh, you're right. You're right. When I said, let's do intentions again in June, right when I finished the water fast. That was so funny. I was like walking to run errands. You're like, oh, by the way, our podcast in 10 minutes. Can you write intentions for this month? Yeah, and she's like, you're crazy, Jordan. No, but then you actually did. You came up with some very organized and inspirational intentions. So far, I'm at two. I'm, I'm counting. So that way we can give an accurate... Yeah, an accurate number. My guess would be five. You're definitely the most recurring guest I've ever had. And one of the most highly requested by everyone listening. So thanks, guys, for telling us how much you love Rachel. So we can always uh, just have her back on five. Yeah. Woohoo! I forgot about the live podcast. I was only remembering the ones that we've done like via Skype. Oh yeah. The live podcast was so fun. Let's do another one of those. 
You should. You're here. Yeah, we could do it when I'm there. That would be a good time. That would be. All right. We'll chat about that. Yes, we will (laughs) chat about that. Everybody listening, definitely stay tuned. So you have a ton of updates for us. If people follow you closely, then they know a few things about you that are pretty huge as of lately, but not literally because you're not even showing yet, but you are pregnant with a baby boy. I'm knocked up. You're knocked up. I wish it was easy, but yeah, I'm knocked up. (laughs) I know. Everybody listening should know that Rachel and I talk every single day. We're super close. We tell each other everything and she wouldn't tell me the gender of her child until she announced it to the world. (laughs) So I was counting down the days I woke up the day of your gender reveal. And I told Jonathan, we finally get to find out today what they're having. (laughs) And he was like, I can't believe you don't know. And I was like, well, you're going to be this way, Jonathan, when we are having a baby that you're not going to want me to tell anyone anything. He already. Yeah never really voices like much of an opinion on like what I say. And when it comes to anything that had to do with our fertility journey to now being pregnant, the gender, the name, he's so hush hush on everything. And I just have, I'm like, okay, you know what? I respect that. That's fine. But the gender, the only people that knew before the gender reveal party were our parents. That's perfect. And I made them like, I took my, made my parents do like a little, like I had a clue in our apartment when they came over for dinner one night and they had to figure out the clue. And if they did, then they could find out. What was the clue? Blue hydrangea. Oh. Oh, Because I never, ever buy blue. I I don't like blue. Like as a person, it's like the opposite of my color. And I never buy it. So for my mom, it was pretty obvious for her to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, that totally makes sense. That's so cute. So Mm -hmm. tell, so we'll talk about your gender reveal because I feel like that's become such a huge part of pregnancy and like sharing with your community these days. Um, But first, I really want to start with your fertility journey because it has been wild and we dropped hints in past episodes to say, one day (laughs) we can talk about this one day and that day has come. So tell us just a little bit about the fertility journey for you. I, yeah. So I'm actually thinking the last, I think every time I've been on this podcast, except for the first time I've been trying, you've been trying to conceive. So anytime I've spoken about balancing my hormones and getting my period and regulating my menstrual cycle, it was all because we were so invested in trying to start a family. So I did record a 45 minute video that is on YouTube and IGTV that has every ounce of detail that some even too much detail I did like um said in the video like Jordan jizz is in a cup and then like I guess like the like it's very very raw and uncurated um so that has all the details but I do want I'll walk you guys through generally my story and the journey that we were on to try and conceive our little dude in there So about January, 2017 is when we started to have children. And at that time I didn't have a period. I had went off birth control, hadn't seen a period since, and I was on it for 10 years and I had a regular period on birth control. And Jordan and I 
we're just kind of naive. You think that the second, the second you start having like unprotected sex without like a condom or birth control, you think you're going to get pregnant. And I spent my whole adolescence being like, Oh, should I take plan B? Like, what do I do? Like, do you, it, like it touched it. Like, what, what do you think's going to happen? And totally. I to get pregnant and I, nothing was working. Wait, we should tell everyone your husband's name is Jordan, just in case they don't know, because then they could be like, wait, Jordan, Jordan, Rachel, you have a few Jordans in your life. And Jordan was the name I wanted to name my son. If I had a son before I married Jordan. So wow. yeah, That's good name. I know. I love that name. There's so many good nicknames for it too. That's why I, know, I like I it. Know. So we tried to get pregnant naturally. We gave ourselves one year. We, I went to acupuncture, two different acupuncturists. I tried different elimination diets. I took different herbs. I was told I had candida and went on this crazy protocol and nothing was working and actually doing all of those things besides acupuncture just caused my body to go into a state of stress and, you know, cutting out gluten, grains, dairy, sugar, kombucha. Like I I wasn't able to have anything I wanted. And that messed with my thyroid because I wasn't eating enough carbohydrates. I wasn't eating, like I'm someone who like needs a balance of everything. And I don't really omit any food group and that's just what works for me. Um, so by doing that, it messed up my whole thyroid. That's when I started to see Dr. Lippman in like October, November of last year. And he helped me get my thyroid back on track and he did acupuncture on me, which I feel so silly saying this, but I didn't even know that he did acupuncture until I started seeing him. But I felt so special that like this renowned like functional medicine doctor was giving me acupuncture every week. It was awesome. He's amazing. He was on the podcast too. Yeah, Dr. Lippman. Everybody loved that episode. He's so, so brilliant. He is. He has like such a calming bedside manner that even just seeing him during a vulnerable time is just so wonderful for patients. It was amazing getting to work with him. So after a full year of trying to conceive naturally and Again, like if someone told me that like jumping, doing 10 jumping jacks a day or like something would get me pregnant, like I was doing it. I was trying anything and everything, um, but nothing was working. So we went to a couple fertility specialists until we found one that worked for us and that we really vibed and connected with because a lot of the time we found that these doctors treat everyone treat every patient like they're the same and didn't really take the time to get to know the patients and their issue, why they're not getting pregnant and how they could fix it. It was more just like, this is the process. I don't know anything about you, but like, this is what's going to happen. And that's not really how I worked. So we found a doctor, um, his name's Dr. Foreman over at Columbia. And we started working with him and he sat with us for over two hours in our first consultation. And on this piece of printer paper sketched out his hypothesis of like why he thinks we're not getting pregnant. And I still have a picture of it in the video of like the chicken scratch that he wrote. Like you don't, you didn't even know like what this thing. And that was in February or March of this year. And we started seeing him. And that was when I really started to bring together, I would say like the Eastern and Western approach to trying to get pregnant. I still was taking herbs, still going to acupuncture, having adaptogens like through brands like Rebel or whatever. And then 
also taking hormones and following the process that Foreman was recommending, which was foreign to me because I'm someone who doesn't even like to take Advil when they have a headache. I'm very set in my ways and having to listen and take something that you get at CVS was just wild. And I had no idea. Like how at first it was just hard for me to accept the fact that this is what I have to do. But I knew that I'm not getting any younger. And granted, I am on the younger side to have children, but I don't want to waste more time. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because it's got to be scary when you're trying to get pregnant and you're not getting pregnant and it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. All you see is like time is passing. You want to have a lot of kids as do I. Like, yeah, I, I totally understand why you just wanted to make it happen. Yeah, we were definitely, we were, I was 26 when we wanted to start having kids, which thinking like that's, very young, but my dad was 26 when I was born. So that number was just like embedded into my head. So when we started seeing Dr. Foreman, I tried an oral supplement called Clomid, which stimulates your ovaries and helps you to grow follicles. So since I didn't have a menstrual cycle, I wasn't ovulating. I wasn't going through like the follicular phase. I wasn't going through the luteal phase. The menstrual, I was no phases. I was basically in a state of menopause where like nothing Nothing was like, there was no dips. The only thing that was increasing for me was my cortisol was extremely high all throughout the day, which Dr. Lippman helped me work on as well. So I started taking Clomid, which is an oral drug, super simple, very minimal side effects. Took that for five days, um, didn't respond to it. And when I say don't respond, it means I didn't grow follicles. So no follicles were starting to grow in like in my ovaries. And Every time you're doing a process like this, you go to the doctor basically every other day and get like vaginal ultrasounds and you're monitored before you take Clomid, you're monitored after. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of dedication to go and see the doctor a few times a week. I basically like lived in there. Like all the women in the front were like my besties. Like I would go in there with my breakfast every day. Like it was That's like, how I am with, with the Lyme doctors. I'm like, I see you guys more than I see anybody. It's so true. And like, I don't know, I was just, you get comfortable in there. And I think that's also important during the process because it makes it more comfortable to go there and like sit there and there's so much waiting time and it just makes it more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Uh, So after I didn't respond to the like medium dosage of Clomid, I took the highest dosage of Clomid and did respond, which means that I grew um, 18 millimeter follicles. So you want a follicle that's going to be around 18 millimeters before you trigger ovulation. And since I didn't ovulate on my own, just because I grew follicles, my body still didn't know how to ovulate. So then I would take a shot, like an injection below my belly button. And Jordan would do this for me at night. And that would like trigger you to ovulate. And then um, for the next like day or the day after that, you go into the doctor's office for a procedure called IUI. Which, Which is, is how the, I was born. I was going to say it. And then I'm like, I don't know if like Jordan wants me to say no, it. No, it's totally public knowledge. I mean, now it is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> my parents had trouble conceiving as well. And but the wild thing with IUI is that there's a 10% success rate, they say. And again, I mean, I'm not a doctor. So, but it's just being like the chances aren't that high, but the chances of you getting pregnant on your own are around the same on a month basis. Like just because you ovulate, that doesn't mean you're definitely going to get pregnant. 
Um, so we went in for that first IUI procedure, which is ultimately when the male produces a sample and then they insert it into your cervix, like through like a metal catheter. And it doesn't hurt at all. It just feels like a pap smear, like even less than that. So I went in for that. And then you wait for two weeks to see if you're pregnant. And during the two week wait, I was on a hormone called progesterone, which anyone who's geeks out over hormones like I do, you've definitely heard of progesterone Mm -hmm. before which is needed to maintain a pregnancy. And after you do ovulate, your body should be producing progesterone on its own. Even if you had, um, and like an induced ovulation, like I did. And the thing with progesterone, like vaginal progesterone is it is wild. It comes in these white jelly bean sized like capsules or whatever. And you insert it into your vagina and like you really have to insert it. Like this could be TMI, but you really need to like shove it up there. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise the first time I did it, I like like just like gently like put it on there and then it fell out like two seconds later onto the floor. And so gotta get a little aggressive in there. And did that twice a day. Wow. And then it leaks, it leaks out of you like a volcano erupting. It was crazy and I didn't know that at first. And I went to a bar class and I looked down and on my leggings, there was, I was wearing black leggings, all this white from the mm. progesterone was all over. Oh my <laughs> God. In a public place walking because you take it in the morning at, right. and at, it was so crazy, but that it all wild. Yeah. But I just, you know, I owned it and I just crossed my legs whenever I could. <laughs> I just didn't stay with my legs open. And you, you also get a lot of physical side effects, like your boobs hurt and like it mimics pregnancy. Your boobs hurt, like you get bloated, um, you get very like inflamed from taking it. And one week after the IUI, you go in for blood work to test your progesterone and test your estrogen. And you want those numbers to be rising. So that time my estrogen and progesterone were both rising, which means I ovulated. And it was a good sign that, you know, something was going cooking in there. And a week later, went back in, more blood work. And then that's when they test the HCG, which is the hormone your body produces when you're pregnant. And tested that. I was actually in Florida with my parents um, and Jordan during this blood result. I had to like go to a lab corp to get it. That was also really hard. Like If you travel a lot and you're trying to get pregnant with fertility treatments, it's just really not feasible. Um, so I found out I wasn't pregnant. My doctor emailed me and I was really upset. I mean, granted, you know, that the likelihood of it working on your first time with fertility treatment isn't really that mm-hmm. high, especially if it's IUI. Uh, but you still have this like hope in of you. Of course. That- so especially because her- you were uncomfortable and you were taking all these hormones and doing all these things to hopefully get pregnant. So you were putting your body through a lot and the disappointment has got to be, I mean, just a natural part of it. It definitely, definitely is. And I learned during this to also just like accept the fact, like accept my feelings even more. If I'm feeling really upset or really down, like I needed to just let myself feel that way. And both physically and emotionally. So my doctor told me to stop taking progesterone. And then he told me I'd get a period, which I didn't believe in because I go, dude, remember me? Like I don't have a period. But he said that from triggering with triggering ovulation and taking progesterone, I was going to get a period. Next day I woke up, 
had a period for the first time in God knows how long, but granted it wasn't you know, a natural cycle. It still felt really good to see my body doing something it hadn't done in so long. So we went back into the doctor's office when we got home from Florida, started a different drug called letrozole, which is, I don't know if this is like scientifically the right way to describe it. Well, it definitely isn't. But in my opinion, it's like Advil and Tylenol or like Clomid and letrozole. They couldn't, they do the same thing. They're just kind of different, like, mm-hmm. like ways to take it. So tried letrozole, didn't grow any follicles. Um, so my doctor put me back on Clomid, the same high dosage, grew an 18 millimeter follicle, went back, did the same thing. Yay. And another IUI, another trigger shot for ovulation and waited again for two weeks. And this two week wait was wild. I really thought that I actually was pregnant based off of the symptoms that I had from the progesterone. And I was in Whole Foods and got an email from my doctor saying that I was not pregnant. And that is when I had my very first panic attack where I was actually heaving. I couldn't breathe. I was on the other, I was on the phone with my mom and said like, just like horrible things you should never say about yourself. And just, it was truly the worst like few moments of my life trying to like talk and digest what was happening. So I found a bench, sat down. Luckily, had an appointment with Dr. Lippman a few minutes later for acupuncture and Zen time. I come to his office shaking, can't stop crying, couldn't even like hold myself together appropriately in the lot in the waiting room. And he just gave me a hug. I laid down. We did like needles. And if for anyone who's gotten acupuncture, I mean, I personally don't move. So when you're heaving and shaking, the needles kind of like irritated me when I was laying down. But after 40 minutes, I was calm and left there, spoke to my doctor, my fertility doctor on the phone for a couple hours that night and tried to figure out what plan B was. Because for each, granted, I can say that I did Clomid and all that in a few minutes. Each round is about like six weeks total from the time you start to the time you get the results. So at this point, it's already been a couple months and Granted, women struggle with this for years, but when you're in it, you know, everything feels like the world's ending. So he told me I had two options. Well, really three options. But so one, I could do Clomid again and IUI. But at this point in my head, I'm like, I've already done this twice. It doesn't, it didn't work for me. I need something else. Then he said, we can try something called injectables. And injectables aren't IVF. It's you do daily injections, but it's a different process. There's no like, embryo implantation or there's no like extracting of any um like there's just less surgeries involved basically so that injectables was another option or i can move forward with ivf which ivf is definitely financially the biggest cost like it's a very it's not cheap to do ivf um my doctor said that since i'm not you know out of the peak fertility age, he thinks I should try injectables with a double IUI. So going for an IUI one morning and then going back the next day and doing a different strand of an HCG shot. So we decided on that. And luckily our insurance company covered injectables, which is pretty rare as well. That's amazing. I know. So injections where I'm, I'm not personally not afraid of like shots or needles or anything. So we were and neither is Jordan. Cause he had to like, you know, be a doctor or pretend to be a doctor and do them for me every night. 
So we move forward with that. And the thing with injectables, unlike Clomid, is you don't know how many nights you're going to do it for. You can do injectables for one night and grow follicles. You can do it for a month and grow follicles. So you just don't know. So after a week of doing them, I wasn't growing any follicles. And you do the injections again in your lower stomach. And even in like in my video, you'll see that it gets bruised and you have to alternate sides and it turns yellow and blue. And it's, you know, your stomach is, I don't recommend going to like, like Aruba during this time to like go in a bathing suit. Um, (laughs) and then my doctor doubled the dosage compared to what it was for the injections. And after 16 nights of injections, I grew a follicle, an 18 millimeter follicle and a lot of like little ones too. But, um, you don't want more than one 18 millimeter follicle because that's how you can, you know, increase the risk of having multiples. So we had the 18 millimeter follicle. We did the HCG injection in the middle of a grocery store because you have to do it at 8:30. Wow. On a specific, like, it's very, very calculated because if you take it at 8:30, then they know they can track when you ovulate, etc. And it was I was leaving my birthday party. And we couldn't find a public restroom that we both could go in. So we found a corner of a grocery store. I pulled down my pants in the grocery store. And this is all on video. I was recording the entire thing. It was like, I just, Jordan looked so pissed in the video, but that I'm so hysterical. Like, memory. <laughs> and I pulled my pants down. He does the injection literally next to like a smoothie bar. And then we like went home and the next day we went in for an IUI. And then the day after that, we went in for an IUI, which was June 1st and June 2nd. So both of those days we did that. And then you wait for another two weeks. Same thing as, as when you do Clomid, still vaginal progesterone. And you see what happens. So again, my estrogen and progesterone looked great after one week. I didn't have any pregnancy symptoms like progesterone actually wasn't even affecting me at this point anymore for the third round. I just feel like my body was getting so used to it. And actually during the time of taking injections, I met a girl named Erica on a bus on my way into the city. Um, she actually lives in Hoboken too. And this is like, this is like a cool stars aligned kind of story, but I was holding a rebel in my hand and she, it was six 30 in the morning. I'm not really a six thirty in the morning kind of person. Um, and, and Jordan, am I? I know as I'm looking at you, like I know you can relate. Jordan and I are sitting on the bus, and she comes over to me and she goes, "Oh my gosh, I love that drink." And in my head, I go, "Oh, I don't feel like talking to someone. I don't right. know." Right. And then, but she, her like energy was so happy, and it was contagious that I actually wanted to talk to her. She literally like her vibe attracted me to, to speak to her. And so we had a great conversation. I was filling her in all about Expo West and all the new flavors that Rebel was launching and whatever. So we get off the bus, we say goodbye. We walk up the 20 blocks to the doctor. I turn around and she's in the lobby at the doctor's <laughs> office. Crazy. And going to the same doctor. So long story short, she lives three blocks from me in Hoboken and was going through fertility treat, um, treatments, going for a fertility treatment as well. And she was a few months, like she started a few months before me. And when I was taking Menopure, when I was taking the injections, it was Labor Day, you know, uh, Memorial Day weekend. And my pharmacy 
Um, you can't pick up injections at the pharmacy. They have to mail them to you. At least my insurance company does. And it was Thursday or that Friday. And my, my insurance told me they wouldn't get it for me, get it to me till Tuesday, which gave me four days of no injections and would put back the treatment. So I called Erica all like upset about what was happening. And she happened to have 10 vials of Menopure in her apartment that had never been used, never been touched, nothing. So my doctor said like, you can totally take them as long as they didn't expire and she didn't open them. They're fine. So she saved my Menopure experience. That is so amazing. That is most definitely one of those just universal meant to be experiences. That's really so cool. Is. And it just made me love Rebel even more because I know. This like that's the only reason why she started talking to me. Right. How cool um, is that? So a, a few days after my birthday and after the IUI, I was talking to Erica and we found out that our ovaries like synced at the same time and she was doing IVF. So her process was so different entirely. And we ovulated on the same day and had our procedures at the same time, which meant that we were getting our pregnancy results on the same day. So cool. So we went together to the doctor's office, like after week one, then we went together for the big day and it was June 15th. And she said after the doctor, she was going to go home, like back to Hoboken. I looked at her and I said, I'm not effing going home and sitting there waiting for results for the next six hours. I'm going to walk around the city. I'm going to like have myself a day and you know, try and distract myself as much as possible. And that morning I actually ran into Mama Medicine. Yes. So cool. And saw her on the street and I had seen her like uh, for a session a couple weeks before. So she knew everything I was going through. And we both thought it was just the strangest thing that I ran into her like a couple hours before getting the results back. Um, So I went up to Washington Square Park by the fountain area, sat on a bench, put my backpack like behind my head, like a pillow, put my phone on silent because no, put my phone on noise, which is never on noise and told my mom, Erica and Jordan to leave me the F alone. And I want to wait for my results in silence. Yes. So it was 11 something at this point in time at 1242. I'm still lying there with my backpack as my pillow have not moved. And my phone starts ringing and I look down and I expected to see, to see Jordan's name being like, what's, what's going on? Any updates? Blah, blah, blah. And it was my doctor's office calling. And when I was there earlier that morning, I said, I ran into my doctor in the hallway and I said to him, please don't email me if it's a good, if it's good results. And I said, only email me with bad results. And he said, oh, I usually email either way. And I said, dude, this is the lingo. Email me with bad results and call me with good results. So when I saw his name and I already knew that it must've been something like good unless they like messed up and I had to go back. So he answered the phone and I literally said to him, you're kidding. (laughs) Yes. Congratulations, you're pregnant. And I was so excited. I had really not one. I didn't think that I was pregnant. So hearing that was just so crazy. I was mentally prepared to have to deal with like the aftermath of not being pregnant. And he, so this was June 15th. We started seeing him in February. So looking back, we had a pretty short fertility treatment journey, which I'm really grateful for. And for us, it was the injections of Menopure and a double IUI and a shit ton of acupuncture and herbs in between. 
All right, guys, just a brief little interruption from this conversation with Rachel and her incredible infertility journey story to talk about our second sponsor for today's episode, Thrive Market. So first of all, I just wanted to start by telling you about the amazing offer that Thrive is offering to our Soul on Fire listeners, which is that you will receive an additional 25% off of your first order with Thrive when you go to Thrive Market com slash blonde. That is thrivemarket.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E. And I say an additional 25% off because Thrive Market already provides thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products for 25 to 50% below where you would find them anywhere else at any traditional retailer or any competitor. So that's pretty incredible. And that's because Thrive Market goes directly to the brands that they work with and there's no middlemen. So there's no upcharging or basically you're just not getting charged for all of that middleman work that really has nothing to do with you. So because of the fact that Thrive sells some of the most premium food brands and home products, non-toxic beauty, et cetera, on the market. I have ended up purchasing almost everything from Thrive. Um, It's amazing because you just go to thrivemarket.com. You can search by category or you can search by the way that you eat, for example. So if you're vegan or paleo or raw, or you're looking for pet food or really whatever it is, any category that you could think of, you type that in, you find what it is that you want, you put it into your cart and then you order it and it's shipped straight to your door. So that is incredibly easy. It literally arrives so fast. I mean, every time I place a Thrive Market order, I feel like the box comes to my door instantly. And I was very excited because I also noticed that a lot of my neighbors in my building, the new building where Jonathan and I live, are ordering from Thrive too. So I'll walk down my little hallway. I'll see that people have their Thrive Market boxes. It's very exciting. So as you guys know, I'm currently vegan, mostly plant-based, which you can read more about on my blog. But a really cool new offer for my meat-eating friends is that Thrive Market now offers fresh meat and seafood. These are the highest quality meats at the most affordable prices. Their beef is 100% grass-fed, free-range, and antibiotic-free. And that's important. When I was eating meat, those were things that I really watched out for. And that's what I would tell all of you guys to watch out for too. So it's kind of incredible. I think that you all will love Thrive Market. I really can't rave enough about it. More than 70% of things that you'll find on Thrive Market cannot be found on Amazon or any competitors. And they sell exclusively non-GMO. So they have tons and tons of amazing things about them. And you can get 25% off of your first order plus a free 30-day trial when you go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde. They already have low prices. So that extra 25% off will get you an amazing deal. I can't wait to hear what you think. Tag me in your Instagram stories when you get Thrive to your door. And let's dive back into this conversation with Rachel. So very exciting. And I remember that time so well. I remember you saying, I don't feel like I'm pregnant. I just don't have any of the symptoms. I'm so disappointed. I felt pregnant last time and I don't feel pregnant this time. 
But then I also remember you telling me, I ran into mama medicine. Don't you think this is a good sign? And it was because I think all the stars align when something good is going on. And this was literally one of the biggest days of your life, if not the biggest day of your life so far. It makes sense. And it was all meant to be the way that it was, even though it was hard. And hearing you tell your story really makes me think of like, you're so educated now on pregnancy and hormones and women's hormone health. Like you don't hear that from people who get pregnant naturally really easily. They're not like, oh yeah, my follicular phase and then the (laughs) 18 centimeters of the follicles. You know, you're a wealth of information and you can do so much with that. So it's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy because I obviously I don't wish infertility or this journey on anyone, but for like trying for 18 months, you know, with the mix of treatment and trying just naturally with with everything, you learn so much and I don't wish this process on on anybody, like not my you know, not a worst enemy, but when you do go through it, it gives you such a different perspective on starting a family. And I know that like every mom and dad like appreciate and love their child so much. But the fact that we like really had to struggle to get there and do all these injections and the fact that I looked nine months pregnant just from doing injections and like not being able to fit in my pants and having someone actually say to me, oh, are you expecting when I was trying to get pregnant? Just that's how bloated I was is, is magical. Like that's like some, that's why I documented the whole thing because I just, it's also such a taboo topic where no one is really talking about infertility and their struggles. And when I would tell my mom and then her friends would be like, oh, so is Rachel trying to get pregnant? You know, the like common question after you get married, she would say, no, she's actually going through like infertility treatments or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, I went through that too. And my mom goes, I've known you for 20 years. Why have you never spoken about this? People just don't talk about it. And that like breaks my heart because no one should be I agree. I think there's a lot of confusion around it too. I mean, when you say infertile, it, you know, that means a lot of different things. So there's a lot of confusion around it. And even me, I thought, I thought for all these years that I was born via IVF. And then I learned maybe like a year and like a year and a half ago, when Jonathan's brother and his wife were talking all about their IVF journey, they have a two-year-old, Chloe now. I had told Jonathan's family, that's how I was born. So it was like this whole topic. Then Jonathan's family met my parents and they're like, so IVF. And my parents are like, no, (laughs) we did artificial insemination, which I think is even like a little bit different than IUI, but I don't know if that's just because that was... 27 years ago or what, but it's like also the step before IVF. So, and that was because my dad had a vasectomy with his first marriage and then reversed the vasectomy, but he had like no, not powerful sperm. Exactly. And Shorten says he didn't have good swimmers. That's all he would ask when he would produce a sample. How are my swimmers? Oh my gosh. That is so funny. I know that's the other thing because I've talked to other women who are going through this, something similar. And sometimes it's 
it does have a lot more to do with the male sperm than with the female's body. And I think it's just so interesting and so powerful when it comes to thinking about women and what what we are capable of and what we do, that even if it's like a sperm issue, it's the woman who takes hormones and puts their body through the ringer. And with you, it was a little different because your body was struggling. Oh yeah, it's all me. There, Jordan did nothing during this whole process for all Right, me. but this other amazing girl that I know, it's 100% her husband's sperm issue. And yeah. she is taking hormones every day of her life which I understand. I mean, it's a 50-50 thing. You're in a relationship, you want to have children. But how hard is that? Because you know, taking hormones makes you feel not like yourself, out of your body, a little crazy. It's hard. The thing that I was... And yeah, I have a friend whose husband was like the... You know, when you say um, reason for infertility, it'll be like male factor or whatever it's called. Mine was called just unexplained infertility. Um, like I have HA, so I have amenorrhea, which is just mm-hmm. lack of a menstrual cycle, but it's unexplained. Like nobody knows why. You know, I have a few guesses like stress and what birth control and whatever. But when, and then when my friend told me that it was because of her husband that they couldn't get pregnant, I almost said, well, that's a sense of relief for you because at least you don't have the pressure now physically of you like, having to take hormones and do injections. And then also the mental pressure that all of this trouble is caused from you because, and there's always like a, like either way it sucks. But for me, everything was the weight of everything was on my shoulders. Like, like there was nothing Jordan can do besides just support me, which he does endlessly, but it was all my fault. And like having to physically and emotionally and mentally deal with that was so hard to accept because you know, you're taught in school that, you know, you're a woman, you make babies, you get a period. And when you go off track, you're like, fuck, like now what? Like what happened? Right. I can only imagine the type of identity crisis in a way that ensues. And I, I mean, I've had fears for a long time about fertility just because I knew for my parents, it was so hard for them to have a child together. Um, but then I learned it was my dad, not my mom. And then I felt a little bit better just about my own like hereditary passing on from her. But um, now being so sick and there's so much information out there, controversy about women with Lyme having children, like does Lyme ever go away? Do you pass it on to your children? Can you even get pregnant when your body's been through so much? There's tons of controversy. However, there are some amazing people like Allie Hilfiger, who's been on this podcast, who has a child and healthy. She's healthy. Her baby's healthy. So I know I don't have to worry prematurely about this, but I do because I see what people are going through. And I also see the toxins in our world. And it's different than it was 50 years ago, a hundred years ago. It's just different and it's hard. So anybody listening who's suffering, it's just, I mean, we feel for you, Rachel, especially because you have been there. Um, 
But now you're pregnant. We are all so happy for you. You're having a little boy. I can't wait to be an auntie and I can't wait to know his name. Really can't. You know, I'm a name freak and no, 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 no. one knows, but I'm, I'm okay with that because Jonathan too is probably going to put us in that position and not let me tell anyone. We already know our names, but like how we are too. So it was pretty easy. People are like, you already have a name picked out. You're due at the end of February. I'm like, yeah, I've had this name picked out for a while. Exactly. It's so fun. Um, so let's talk about the gender reveal. How did you, how did you decide how to do it? Like who did you invite? What was the whole shebang? So Jordan, and I, you can find out the gender around 12 weeks and now it's done most commonly through a blood test because you do a chromosome test and it basically says that, you know, if the baby has any chromosomal issues or abnormalities or if there's Down syndrome or anything. So when they do that test, obviously, since it's chromosomes, they could tell if it's a boy or a girl. So Jordan and I both agreed that we wanted to know and then do a reveal party of sorts. So we would know ahead of, the ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I don't do well with surprises in front of people. I'm very... I need to plan ahead for digest before I'm like announcing this. Yeah. So we knew about a week beforehand and the doctor called me with the results and I three weighed Jordan into the phone call and I would have just waited for him to come home and opened an envelope together or something. But lately Jordan works until like midnight and I could not wait until that was a Monday. I was like, I can't wait till Friday when I see you again to find out the gender. So right. At week 10, I actually, I thought I was having a girl up until week 10. Then when we did, went for an ultrasound, we saw the baby and I looked at Jordan and I said, it's a boy. He's so hyper. He was like jumping on a trampoline in my uterus, like going crazy. I said, that's no way it's a girl. It's a boy. I know it. Then the two weeks later, we found out that it was a boy. So for the gender reveal, which I don't know, like I've gotten a few and not to talk about something negative, but I've gotten a few messages from people saying that it's not a politically correct term for me to call it a gender reveal party. So please know that we don't mean this offensively. <laughs> if right. you offense this, I'm happy for you to re refer to this as whatever makes you happy. Um, and so we had our family there, um, our extended family, and then just a couple close friends and neighbors. And we did it at our favorite artisanal pizza place here in Hoboken. And they have this really cute patio with twinkle lights and it's just, it's so, it's called Dezino. It's like the best pizza ever. So we did it there and I had Q Kitchen make a cake because I knew that if I wanted to do a cake of sorts, I personally thrive off of eating like paleo and refined sugar-free desserts. So for me to go to a traditional bakery and pick up a cake with artificial blue dye, just, it wouldn't be very us. And even Jordan no. doesn't that much either. Exactly. So totally stepped up to the plate and made their first ever gender reveal cake. And we filled it with organic like M&Ms or something, which did have like milk and sugar in it. But I'm like, I don't care. Like I need like the color of something, which is not artificial dye. So we had that. And when we did the gender, we popped a big, big balloon. And in the balloon had blue confetti, like blue, golden, white confetti. And we did it in front of everyone at the party. And then that's how they knew it was a boy. 
so fun. I thought that was the cutest idea ever. I forget where I was during that time. I might have been in Sacramento for a wedding. I'm not sure where I was, but I just... It was the week before that. The week before that it was. Yeah. I know your schedule. I know. I love that you you know my schedule better than I do. Um, But I just remember checking Instagram literally every 35 seconds to see it. I was so excited so excited and the hilarious thing is I was so sure like you at first that you were having a girl yeah I was positive I connected to the spirit I'm like this is a girl this is a girl and then Jonathan just steps in a few weeks later and is like they're having a boy and so I told you that I know I know and you're like how does like why does he think that and then (laughs) I started, it's not because he said that, but I started shifting what I thought it was to also a boy. So I feel like it's really interesting because from a spiritual perspective, connecting to the spirit, I'm not going to try to say that I'm like a hundred percent psychic or anything, but sometimes (laughs) I can be. And so connecting to the spirit, I wonder if it was even like, if there's a point where it's too early to tell And then when the spirit was like fully there, fully dropped into your body, gender and everything, I really started to feel like they are having a boy, but I don't know. I mean, I was so 50-50. I was so torn. It was, I pulled Instagram and I pulled like family and friends and 47% said boy. So more people did say girl, but Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting because the people that have known me the longest said boy. And then the day of and the day before, everyone else was changing their mind. And I literally said to them, you can't change your mind. Like I already have you past right, right. as this. But my mom said, boy, my dad, like my best friend from college, a lot of people were saying boy the whole time. And wow. I don't know if I believe in the superstitions of like if you're glowing or if you have pimples or whatever, but apparently those are true. And I didn't have morning sickness. Right. I knock on wood, like don't have my, like everyone tells me that I'm glowing. I would, I respond saying it's called sweat because it's a hundred degrees here right now. Like it's a glow called sweat. You are glowing though. You totally are. It really is sweat though. Like I'm drenched right now. Um, (laughs) but I just had all of the boy like symptoms of like ways, but I did all the Chinese astrology calculators online and everyone said, girl, Wow. So I don't believe in them anymore. Right. Um, I know. It's it's one of those things. It's like so hard to tell. But on the note of, I thought it was so interesting how some people are, you know, have their opinions about gender reveals. And I totally respect all of that, whatever it is. But um, Ashley Neese, I think, had a really good article on her blog about why they didn't want to find out the gender of their baby. And she's due in a month and she's going to be surprised. Yeah. And I thought it was a really cool perspective, just like a really compassionate, no hate toward anyone perspective of why they didn't want to find out the gender of their baby just because gender norms, they didn't want to buy into all that. But I think the really cool thing is, I mean, I'm going to be just like you. I'm going to be so excited to find out the gender, but not because you want to impart male gender roles onto your son. Like you're going to love him no matter what. He could be extremely feminine, but he's still, you know, being born a boy. And I think that's why not get extremely excited about that. That's what I said. Like when I was telling some friends and family about the people that said something, I'm like, listen, if 
my son like changes his mind or whatever, like we'll go with the flow. I'm not, I'm not like it's like set in my ways, but you know, in this aspect, like, yeah, I am traditional. Like, you know, the doctor says you're having a boy, you get excited and you're having a boy. And if something changes down the line, that's fine. But like I said, I'm not vomiting blue all over the nursery. Right. I can still be very neutral. <laughs> so and if he wants exactly. a blue blanket in or when he's three, he like really wants some, to pick something out for his room and stuff, or be my guest, like do whatever you want. Yeah, he's going to be whoever he wants to be. And that's what's so exciting. Well, but he's your baby and why not get excited? I mean, all the more power to people who want to be surprised, but I don't have that kind of patience. I don't have that. I don't have whatever like gene that is like, no, tell me now. I wish I could know now before I'm even pregnant or even thinking about getting (laughs) pregnant. Like what kind of, what, what, how many, what gender kids am I having and how many and in what order? I just want to know. I know. I feel you, especially now because we want two and two. So it's like, okay, well, is that actually happening? And then when I found out it was a boy, I literally said to Jordan, like, I could end up having four boys. You just don't know. I know. People tell me, and Jonathan feels this way too, that we're going to have three boys. And I've had like multiple intuitives tell me that. Um, Interesting. I could see that. And I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like I love... I love boys. I've always loved boy children. Like I just have always been connected to them. Even when I worked in the pre-K at my school for many years, it was like the little boys that I was so connected to. I don't know why, but I would be so happy either way. Yeah. The only thing that, even if it's just one girl, it's just, and I know you obviously can relate to this is I'm so close with my mom that I can't imagine not having that with a daughter. I know. And I have it with a son. Like Jordan and his mom are really, really close. And I say that to him all the time. I'm like, can you teach our son your ways so that he loves me and calls me 10 times a day too? I but know. I love that relationship with, with our mom. So that would be like kind of. I agree. I totally agree. Wait, I love that Jordan calls his mom that much. That's amazing. All day. It's They're always in constant communication. I love that. I know. I know guys like that with their moms. Jonathan's very close with his family and his parents, but he's not, I mean, he's the kind of guy I have to remind him, like, did you call your mom? Did you, did you you ask your dad how his surgery was like that kind of stuff? And he's like, oh my God, I didn't think about it, but he loves them. He he would put his family above anything, but it's different than like, yeah, obviously my mom is my best friend. I talk to her 50,000 times a day, at least. I don't even say hello when my mom calls. I'm like, yeah. I know, exactly. Or, like I answer, she, and like, she called me before. She's like, I'm in Nordstrom's. I'm trying to find a shirt for the shoot. And I'm like, mom, I told you 10 times. I don't want you to talk to me about what you need to wear for my cookbook shoe. I told you what not to wear and you can figure it out from there. Wait, I didn't know she was going to be. It's like nothing. I didn't know she was going to be in it. She is. So her and um, Jordan, and then my mother in law actually all have a recipe in the book that they created. So I have my mom and Jordan that are going to be like have their photo taken for the book too, which I'm so excited about. So that's in one week from less than one week from today. It's in four days. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! Um, Number for me. Speaking of that, tell us how 
that's coming along, finishing up your cookbook while you're pregnant? Yes. So, um, well, I'm definitely very grateful that I give birth in February of 2019 and then I give 20. birth. In- oh, yeah. Never mind. I was about to say 2020. <laughs> I'm crazy. Like, oh, I said the wrong year. 2019, <laughs> I give birth to our baby. And in February 2020, I give birth to my book. So it worked out really well timing wise, um, which I'm at least as of now, I'm, I'm really grateful for, but I finished like my first draft of my manuscript. So my editor has that all the recipes are tested and double tested and hired the recipe tester, um, who basically after I do everything in the kitchen, I send her all the recipes and then she creates all of them again to make sure that they work. So we did that. And then in June, when I found out I was pregnant, I, had a, another like scare because I realized that my cookbook shoot was supposed to be in November and in November I'm going to have a bum. Like whether I like at that, at, what's going to be six months in November. So I will be showing. So now we're scrambling, trying to get everything together for the shoot that will be starting September 10th, which is, I'm really excited about because I am definitely starting to look a little puffy down there, but it's, knock on wood, as long as nothing changes in the next five days, it's pretty manageable Mm -hmm. to deal with right now. So that's exciting. And then after all of that is over, it's kind of the shoot is one of those things where I just want to close my eyes and wake up and it be over because I'm so like stressing about everything because the visuals, in my opinion, are like the most important part of the book. Like the visuals are just so key and I want every recipe to be photographed and want this and this, and it's just, it's a lot, but, um, I'm excited. It's a totally different like piece of work that I've never done before. And I'm not shooting the the photos for this book. I hired an amazing team of more people, like more, there's more people that are working on this book than I have friends. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, anyone help me. So I'm excited and it's my favorite photographer. So I'm still freaking out that she was even open to working with me and took a conversation with me, let alone is working on the book. So I'm excited. Yeah. I started stalking her Instagram after you told me about her. Her photos are beautiful. You have to look at her portfolio on her website. Her name's Aubrey Pick. Um, but she's so talented and I'm so excited. We still need a title for the book. I have an idea, but I sent them to my editor. I haven't gotten approval yet. So I want to, oh my gosh, titles are such a fun part. This has been the hardest part for me is the title. It's really hard for the last year. Cause I've been working on the, I started working on the manuscript this time last year and I have had no title ideas until last week. Really? a year for me to think of a title idea. Oh my gosh. I mean, I have some ideas for you. I'll tell you when we get off, but I want to hear what yours are. I'll tell you my my one idea. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like for you, for this book, simple is key. Like some, you know, you just keep it simple. So it's nothing crazy. I like to come up with book titles before I write a book, which I know is really weird. And like, (laughs) sometimes it can change, but I have like for the future books that I'm thinking about, like they all have titles. That's so funny. But it's different because it's not cookbooks. So it's just like different, different style. But I, for one, am very excited about your book. And I know everybody listening cannot wait to get their hands on it in 2020, February, most likely the month that I get married. So we're going to schedule your cookbook launch and the wedding so that you can do like a West Coast something. Exactly. I already told my parents, I'm like, you're coming. 
to watch your grandson while I go to the wedding. And I don't, I don't have to twist my parents' arm to come with me to California, nonetheless, LA area. So my mom's already like, Rachel, I can't plan that far in advance. My dad's like, I'm there. It yes. sounds great. So my yes. parents are coming. Grandparents. Oh, I know. Oh, they're going to be the cutest grandparents ever. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait for all of this. It's amazing. All right, just one more brief interruption from this conversation with Rachel to talk to you about Rasa Coffee. I love that you guys are loving Rasa Coffee as much as I am. I've heard a lot of feedback from you guys on Instagram and my blog who have ordered Rasa after hearing about it from the podcast, and that makes me really happy. So let's talk about Rasa Coffee, which is actually not coffee at all. Rasa Coffee is the first conscious coffee alternative, and it offers seven of the world's most revered adaptogens, plus two mushrooms, chaga and reishi, and four other herbs that are great for gentle detoxification, lymphatic health, digestive support, and nourished radiant skin. Actually, over 50% of the herbs in Rasa are prebiotics, which are food for your probiotics which is something we talk a lot about in next week's episode with the founder of a probiotic company. So you'll learn all about it if you don't already know. So it's just amazing for your body inside and out. But back to the adaptogens that we were talking about, as you may know, adaptogens are herbs that are clinically proven to help your body adapt to stress. They work with both your endocrine system and your nervous system to actually make you more resilient to stress where you get triggered less and you bounce back much more quickly. So one of the amazing things about Rasa is that at only 63 cents per cup, you can actually afford to get adaptogens in your daily routine, even multiple times a day. This is crucial because adaptogens are meant to be taken daily over long periods of time for the best effect. These are amazing herbs and the team at Rasa has worked really hard to make these herbs, which normally don't taste too great on their own, but they actually taste delicious in their blend. So you're getting a balanced formula formula created by a truly skilled herbalist. And this is important because people kind of like throw adaptogens around these days, but adaptogens have their own unique qualities. So if you, if you take them on their own, sometimes you may be unintentionally throwing off the balance in another part of your body. So the Rasa formula has been balanced to be both energizing and calming, nourishing and uplifting, as well as balanced from the elemental views of Ayurveda and Chinese medicine. So if you haven't already caught on, Rasa coffee is not actually coffee. It's just a blend of all these other amazing things from herbs to mushrooms, etc. So it doesn't give you that crazy crash that coffee gives you. There's prebiotics in it. It's delicious. It's good for you. It will support your adrenals. So many good things. So in order to get this incredible deal that Ross is offering, head to rasacoffee.com. That is R-A-S-A coffee with a K.com and use the code blonde10 for 10% off of your first order plus free shipping. And fun fact, Rasa was started by a mama of two young boys who wanted something to energize her without caffeine, and she knew adaptogens could offer stable energy all day. So I'm really proud of her for starting this company. She has truly gone above and beyond, and this podcast is all about supporting 
people and brands and companies who are up and coming, who know what they're doing and who have something really beneficial to offer our health and our bodies. So head to rossacoffee.com, use the code BLONDE10 for 10% off of your first order. And I truly cannot wait to hear what you think. So let's go into the rapid fire questions that I ask everyone who comes on. You've answered some of these before, but we can do them again. I feel like I never get to do the rapid fire questions. So I'm excited. I know. Maybe I don't usually do them with you because we usually just talk and talk and talk until one of us has to leave. But I have, I have them up right here. Some of these, if you don't know them, we can look them up after. But do you know your sun rising in moon signs? No. Well, you know your sun sign. You're a Gemini. I'm Gemini. But do you know? Okay. Well, oh, this is the thing. Like to out. We had so many, so many struggles finding out what time you were born. I almost forgot. It's like seven thirty. Like that's right. it. Okay, we're going to have to look it up and then I'll put it in the intro. What your rising and your moon signs are. We'll just... Oh, Jonathan's here. Come come say hi to Rachel and the podcast people. You have to speak into the microphone. Uh, (laughs) Hey, podcast people. Oh, it's Rachel. Yeah, come over here so she can see you. I can't... Oh, now I can see you. Hi, fiance. How's it going? Good. How are you? Hey, newlywed. She's not a newlywed. Three. I'm like an oh, old. Wait, old. I, don't, I don't know. She doesn't read your posts, clearly. I know. Oh I wrote, Damn. Hold on. Let me drop the mic. Last night, all, I still think I'm a newlywed or something, which no one's ever hashtagged before. So apparently, it, like, no one else thinks Isn't they're newlywed. Isn't it fun being the first person to create a hashtag? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any questions for Rachel for the podcast? Um. Why do you make things that look delicious and <laughs> are unavailable for like normal consumption? For purchase. I'll be with you October 28th and I'll make you all the treats you want and we can put them in the freezer. Yeah. That's like the best birthday present. I know. When's your birthday? October 28th. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I was at the right, right after my birthday. I'm like, I didn't know that close to Jordan's birthday. Yeah. Oh my I, gosh. July, baby. I ran home just to change my shoes and then um and I gotta get back to work. Change your shoes? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking class. Oh nice. Taking orange theory. <laughs> you Exciting, baby. I know. It's so fun to have him come home to me. I know, that's so fun. Yeah. I love- well, thanks for your cameo. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Check out Huddy over there. Bebe. Um Nine. Um, I think he said his um his one request to me this week was make yeah. me a Rachel Mansfield dessert. Any do kind. Tahini banana bread, because you'll like it too. Oh, I want to do that one, but I was looking at something you posted over the oh. weekend. It was like blueberry cookies or scones. They were p- blueberry pancake scones and they use simple mills mix this yeah that picture exactly Um, because jonathan loves blueberries i'm the chocolate tahini person um okay so we're gonna look up your sun rising and moon signs but um we did look up and now i can't believe that i'm forgetting this but i hope you remember what was your human design um if you say some ideas i would probably remember i think 
you were either a generator or a projector. Oh, what's one of those? I know. Okay, well, we're going to look it up and I'm going to put it in the intro. How many people actually know this though when you ask them? Most people don't know. However, like the small sector of people who are really into astrology and human design, which is kind of like, you know, my genre, uh, people on this podcast tend to know. But no, I should know yours. Like I'm the one who figured yours out and now I... I'm I want to say projector, but I'm not a hundred percent. I'm going to do something crazy and I'm going to type into the search on my um, messages because I texted it to you. So I'm going to see projector or generator. Well, we text so much. I would never find it. Generator. I can see what I've said to other people. OMG, Katie, you're a manifesting generator. Okay, let's see here. Oh, wait, hold on. I ha- Oh my God, I found everything. You did? I found everything. <gasps> I talk about this. So me typing it into my phone was very easy. Wait, you're so I'm right. Manifesting generator. You're a manifesting oh, I was actually right in my head. I saw a generator with emotional authority. Okay, so you're a manifesting generator. So you get shit done. I'm a Libra moon and cancer rising. Wait a second. This is amazing. This you know is, this. Let me That's tell you. This text too. Oh my God. Yeah, that it was amazing. Let me tell you why. So you're a Libra moon and Cancer rising. Are you ready for this craziness? I'm a yeah. Libra sun and a Cancer moon. So we have yeah. some extremely similar signs and you're a Gemini sun and I'm an Aquarius rising. So you and I are actually the same combination, two air signs and one water sign. Libra moons are some of the most special people that I've ever met. And it's crazy because people who like the people who I'm closest to, my mom, for example, you and okay, I'm not close to him, but I wish I was Trevor Hall, the singer that I'm obsessed with. He's a Libra moon. Yeah, I know Trevor Hall is from you. (laughs) I know. So uh, they're just like emotional and connected and sensitive and intuitive and tapped in and lovable, easy to get along with. And your your moon sign, people say, is really like who you are at your core. So you being a Libra moon makes so much sense. What's surprising to me, I know, <laughs> I wish everyone listening could see Rachel's face. She's mouthing. I don't know what this means. <laughs> but it's surprising to me that your Gemini sun and Libra moon because those are air signs. And while I am very airy, you're very grounded and earthy. So we would have to see your whole chart to see where your earth signs are. Um, But you are a manifesting generator, which is the opposite of air signs. So you definitely have that going for you, which is so who you are. Thanks. Cool. I'm happy I found that. And I just screenshotted it. So now it's in my in Okay, my good. And now we won't forget. So everybody listening, this is kind of fun. If you're a manifesting generator also, you should go go to Rachel's Instagram and comment to her and tell her that you're both manifesting generators because it's so fun. Yeah. It's always so fun when so I you can hear. tell me what it means. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's always so fun when I hear fellow reflectors. Um, Okay. This is a question that you can definitely answer. What are your favorite foods? Oh, 
My, my favorite foods right now have been like a bagel with bacon, avocado, and egg. Yeah. Like I go to daily. But I would say my favorite foods, kind of in like top five. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, peanut butter, yeah. dark chocolate, honey, organic honey crisp apples, a grass fed burger with avocado on it. How many was that? Four? That was four. Oh, it's the last one. Granola. Yum. All of this is so good. I thought you were going to say chocolate or oatmeal. I said dark chocolate, I think. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. So maybe I named a lot, but I do have like, uh, this is a cool question you should ask people, what their last day on earth would be, like what they would eat for all their meals. Yeah. What would that be for you? Oh, well, thank you so much for asking. (laughs) I would have, (laughs) for breakfast, I would probably have blueberry pancakes with maple syrup on top and a little bit of grass-fed butter. And then for lunch, I would have, it's so basic, but I would literally have avocado toast with like soft scrambled eggs and bacon with like arugula on top because that's just always my favorite thing to eat for lunch. Delicious. And I miss undercooked eggs. Sorry for all oh, of my yeah. veg. But like I miss having that because I like can't eat undercooked foods. And for dinner, I would have a bacon cheeseburger with avocado and Japanese sweet potato fries. And then I would have milk and cookies. Milk and cookies. Would you have like milk milk or would this be almond milk? Oh, I've never in my life had a glass of milk ever. Like when I was little, I would spit it out. I wouldn't drink it. I'm so surprised. I don't really do like I've never liked dairy unless it's in something like baked with butter or like like sheep or goat's milk cheese. I just don't really do much dairy, like from a taste perspective, like on pizza, I eat regular mozzarella and whatever, but never been much of a dairy queen. So what kind of milk would you choose with your cookies? Almond, coconut, cashew, really anything, anything like no added sugar in my mouth. What a I know. I totally agree. Delicious. I love all of that. Sounds so good. It's like sad how quickly. Oh, I'm I think we have another cameo coming over here. You're just coming to say bye. Are you joining me for my last day on earth? <laughs> what would be your last meal on earth, Jonathan? It would be no, a very yeah. big meal. It would. It would. No, it has to be a day of eats. I just named from breakfast through dessert what my last day on earth would I would have. So breakfast would be... The buffet at the Rimba Rimba in Bali. Yeah. And then for lunch, I would have apple pan, uh, a uh, hickory burger with banana cream pie and french fries. And then for dinner, I'll get back to you. Okay. Will we get a rain check? And I think I love blueberry. Pastries and desserts of any kind. All right, bye. Bye. See ya. I'll explain some of his. So the Rimba in Bali is this incredible hotel where we stayed and their buffet, they have food from all over the world because they have people visiting from Asia and France and I mean, literally everywhere. So you could choose any type of food that you wanted for breakfast, you could have. Like, it's this crazy, amazing buffet. They even have like 
challah, like freshly baked bread. Um, challah, that would be on my last day of earth too. Yeah. Challah toast. Yeah. Homemade Nutella. Um, oh. Pancake bar, egg bar. They have everything. So of course... <laughs> That's Jonathan's favorite like place that we've ever been. I, on the other hand, was like getting full body hives from the foods I was trying to eat there because I was just trying to live in the moment in <laughs> Bali, but that did not work out for me. Um, I was much happier in Ubud where I could just like go to all the vegan cafes and have like my smoothies. So my answers would be different from you guys, but um. Oh yeah. And then the apple pan, that's his, we should take you there sometime. It's like this really cute old fashioned diner that has been in LA around like Culver city for ever, for a long time. And they just have like diner style burgers and hot dogs and fries and milkshakes and the best banana cream pie of all time. Wait, we have to go here with Jordan. He would die. Oh my God. If we went with Jordan and Jonathan, that's what we should do on the 28th. They would be so happy. And then we can go to Erwan though for me, right? <laughs> yeah. And me. Let's do it. But it's fun to go sit there. It's... um, I'm so down. It's Jonathan's tradition after... Every time after he runs a marathon, he goes there with like his friends and now, now me. But like it's been his tradition for a long time. I just sent it to Jordan and said, we're going with Jordan and Jonathan. Yeah, you guys are going to love it. So next question, are you a night person or a morning person? Uh, late morning. Me too. Thank you for giving that answer. Nobody <laughs> ever gives that answer. Late morning. I'm not a night person. Like I love going out for dinner more. I, I, I hate meeting for breakfast. I really don't like meeting for lunch. It's just easy. But I love meeting people for dinner and like hanging out at night. But for productivity, it has to be late morning through until about five or six. Why are we the exact same person? This is why we're such good friends. Because I too, late morning for productivity, you will never see me meeting someone for breakfast or for lunch. Like it completely messes up my whole day if I do that. I mean, I... I sometimes like to meet people for coffee, but like technically I'm not even supposed to drink coffee. So that's a little hard. Um, Every time I meet someone for lunch, it's like when I'm in the city and I have like a full day in the city. So who wants to meet me at Hugh Kitchen? (laughs) Exactly. But on a daily basis, I'm not, I am not a lady who lunches. Yeah, me neither. Just not who we are. I'd rather Um, eat my avocado toast and egg at home. So funny, I know. Uh, favorite workout? Par mm, three. Ooh. And the class, Aaron Tooney. Those yeah. are like literally the two things that I do. Those are good ones. Those are very similar. Well, not very similar to each other, but like same style. They complement each other yeah. well. I only do the 45 minute ones though at the class because I die in the long ones. And then for bar three, I'm very picky about like whose class I take. So I'm more like obsessed with instructors than I am specific workouts. Me too. Yet again, not to steal all your answers (laughs) or answer all my own questions. Um, (laughs) It makes it more fun. I know. Dream vacation. Ooh, we were supposed to go to Thailand and Bali for our honeymoon. And then when we were going, they like had Zika in Bangkok or something. And I was freaking out. So we didn't go. 
So I still would like to go to Bali and Thailand. I think that I would love the food, like love. Um, but other than that, I've definitely really been, I, I'm, I haven't been deprived in travel. That's for sure. Just more exotic travel. I haven't done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys had your awesome trip this summer to Greece and Italy. Looked yeah. so amazing. That's where my, um, my best friend Jillian is there right now, like going to basically all the same cities that you did. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. I love your posts, but I'm like, I'm done. Like Europe and I like, we're fine. I live there abroad and went there three times now. Like I'm fine. (laughs) Speaking of how crazy is it that the second I got off the phone with you the other night, I ran into your friend who didn't you study abroad with her? She was my roommate abroad. Yeah. How crazy. crazy. She texted me right after too. It was so funny. I love her. She's the sweetest person ever. She's so I love nice. Her. I know. I was like, you won't believe this, what but I've just world. been on the phone with Rachel for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And I was trying to describe to her, like, we just hung up like 35 seconds ago. Oh, this is so weird. That's so weird. I'm so happy you ran into her. She used to live in New York. Yeah. And she I remember. Lives. I know. Now she lives around here. Let's see here. Do you have a favorite musician? No. What kind of music do you like? Oh, do you know how to mean it's in me? I hate this question. I never know what to say because I'm such a like, I don't know. It depends on my mood. I would say like, I definitely have liked John Mayer the longest, but I still like love listening to like 90s punk rock. Like I'm such a loser. I don't know. I like... I like so much. My Spotify saved list is so random. So random. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty easy. Like I'm more of like an old fart when it comes to music. Like I don't really like rap or hip hop, but at weddings, like I like all the classics that are played and stuff. Like sing in September and all those lame songs, but I love them. That's so fun. So you're not like a music aficionado and neither am I. I listen to podcasts all day. Like, you know, everyone on Instagram, like they do their stories and like, you don't really do this either. But like, like, like you don't do it like how I don't do it. Like I never have music in the background of my story as I'm like mashing my avocado onto my bread. Oh, right. (laughs) I never play music. It's always a podcast yelling in the background or it's just dead silent. Like I'm not that cool. Right. So then I guess the better question for you would be, what are some of your favorite podcasts? Ooh, I love this question. Okay, let's see. Um, I love this one called Soul on Fire. <laughs> That's and a fun one. I like, there's a podcast called, where is it? The Morning Toast. Have you ever listened to it? I've heard of it. It seems funny. I like, it's not like something I, I, it's weird because I usually like more educational or like knowledge, like something I learned from like health and wealth, like something in that genre. But this is more of like a gossip today show type podcast where they recap real housewives and they'll tell you what like Meghan Markle wore that sucked yesterday or something. And it's very, it like distracts me, which I like. It helps get my mind off things. So I listen to that every single day because it's Monday through Thursday. Um, Ooh, that's so fun. I like well-fed women, which is like a more of like a functional nutrition type podcast and the nourishing women podcast or Nour- nourishing minds podcast. I never remember which one that, which one it's called with Victoria and Meg nourishing women podcast. They changed the name 
And that's with Megan Victoria. And they're so fabulous. And you were just on. Yeah. I don't know when that'll be out, but that was so fun. And I could like literally keep going, but there's so many, like my whole screen has so many podcasts all the time. You're such a podcast listener. I love that. I like Almost 30 too. That's a good podcast. Love Almost 30. I hate them. They seem really funny. Like I feel like with them. We should all do something when you're here. They're the nicest people, just the nicest people, which goes such a long way. As you know, in this industry, like (laughs) to actually, I feel like they're both so genuine, good friends. They actually like check in to see how I'm feeling, how I'm doing. It's not all business, even though we met like through podcasting or whatever. They're just nice people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Krista well, and Lindsay. I just listened to their podcast, one of their episodes actually earlier today. Yeah. With the women's health editor. Oh, I wanted to listen to that. That that sounds good. I, I'm so weird. I love listening to podcasts, but I can sometimes get really sidetracked because I listen to a lot of music too. So in the car, I'll like listen to music or talk to my mom a hundred times a day. So I'll be behind on my podcast, but I love their podcast. I love the Skinny Confidential podcast. I'll play next one too. Yeah. I'll always... Fun to listen to. I know. Sometimes I just like to listen to podcasts that just, like you said, entertain me and take my mind off of things and being in this industry, I don't always want to listen to wellness, unfortunately. No. I mean, sometimes I do. And if I start listening to one, I'll get sucked in. But I just sometimes like entertain me. I want to feel like, you know, I'm just zoning out. The How I Built This is a good one too. I listen to that like every couple of weeks. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are obsessed with that. I've only listened to one episode and it was the founder of Spanx. And I liked it. Oh, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. So, well, this is an interesting question. I wonder if I know the answer. What is the hardest thing you've ever been through? I just, I just, I just spoke about it for like 40 minutes. <laughs> I figured. I figured. I think that's definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful. That's the hardest thing that I've been through. But that's the hardest thing that I personally have been through. Like not including like other people's struggles that have impacted me. Right. Makes sense. If you were a color, what color would you be? Lately, I'm really liking mint green. I don't know why. Maybe I just want ice cream. Um, But I still, Mm -hmm. I don't know, black and white. I'm very like standard. You're neutral. Yeah. Neutral. Colors. I like that. Mint green seems uplifting and happy and. Definitely suits you. Not to buy me anything blue for my baby because I hate it. And I said, buy mint green. And Jordan's grandma was like, I hate mint green. And I said, then don't buy me anything. (laughs) That is so funny. Oh my God. Grandparents. Ice cream. So maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. It's my, that's my favorite ice cream flavor. Really? But Mm -hmm. I only eat the green one. I won't eat the white one. Same. I'm like racist with ice cream. (laughs) I like the green one a lot better too with hot fudge on top always if I'm going to have ice cream. I never did that. I just like mint chocolate chip plain in a cone and then chocolate soft served with rainbow sprinkles or blended with Reese's Pieces. Delicious. That sounds so good. Um, I just had a flash in my mind. I just got like a... 
what would it be called? I don't know. I had a vision of when I released this episode, which will actually honestly either be next week or the following week, just because okay. I am not ahead ahead of recording <laughs> these days, which I actually love. I love when they come out shortly after we record. Same I want I want to post on the TBB podcast Instagram the first picture that we ever took together the night that we met at my app launch party, which is such a special night. It was the night I met you, the night I met Jonathan, and the night that obviously like my family met Jonathan, the first night he ever came into my life. And other interesting things happened that night. It was just like a melting pot of everybody that I know. It was very cool. Well, you edit out the... What? Well, I added out what? The brand, like put a heart over it or something. Oh, or yes. Like a, no, put a skull over it or something nasty. I will definitely, I can just like blur it out or put, well, I'll put like a cute sticker over it. Yeah, like something funny on it. It's funny That's that we were actually it. holding the brand. I forget. But of course we yeah, are. I'm holding it because I was such a good employee. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I know. How wild. I totally forgot. Um, well, are there any parting words that you have for our Soul on Fire listeners? Um, just thank you for listening to me for the fifth time or the first time if if you're just listening. And I think that was the fastest I ever have said my fertility story. So I definitely left a lot of stuff out. But you know, when you say a story and then you're so tired of saying it all the time, and that's like kind of how I feel. So I'm grateful that I have the video which for anyone who is like going through any infertility or hormonal issues, I highly recommend watching the video and that will have every ounce of detail that I that I didn't give out on here. Well, for thanks sake. for telling it to us again, because I know thanks it can be really tedious to tell a story over and over and over, especially when it's really personal and dear to your heart. But I know that it has helped so many people here listening and... I learned something new, even though I feel like I'm very familiar because I was there the whole time. But uh, I learned what I really learned from you just now is what I said earlier. Like, you're so knowledgeable. And I think that's just a huge blessing takeaway from this hard journey. It's funny because I really don't even think that I said as many like terms and like stuff because I kept saying like, I don't want to say that because no one's going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if I could go back in time or if I had more time, I don't like saying if I can go back in time. If I had more time on my hands right now, I would go back to school to be like a functional medicine gynecologist. Like I love this stuff. You're love so good at it. I mean, you could still do that in the future. Nothing's off limits. Aviva Ram did. She went back to school for her MD after she had children. So... Maybe Very cool. Instagram collapses and I have no life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> One day Instagram will collapse, but we will have built upon our brand so much it won't even matter. So true. Well, thank you for having me. And I can't wait to see you in one month. I can't wait either. Yeah, one month. Exactly. I'm so excited. Yay. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Rachel, one of my absolute best friends in the world. I love, love, love to have her here sharing with you guys. And I think her infertility journey can inspire all of us to A, take 
as best care of our bodies as we can so that when we are trying to get pregnant, we can actually do so and not go through the struggles that Rachel and many other women have. Although sometimes you can take incredible care of yourself like Rachel does and still just have unexplained reasons for infertility. So I couldn't be more excited that Rachel is giving birth to a healthy baby boy in February. And I'm excited about her book. I'm excited about everything she's doing. We are going to try to plan a live event together. I don't know if it will happen the next time I'm in New York because that's really soon. Oh, gosh. Um, wow. I almost just had my YouTube video blaring at you guys. I'm like clicking around my computer like a psychopath. So anyways, I'm excited to have Rachel on here. And thank you to all of our incredible sponsors. We have the fabulous Fabletics, Thrive Market, and Rasa Coffee. You can head to the show notes for all of the fabulous discount codes. They're pretty easy. I try to always make it blonde. So it's fabletics.com slash blonde, thrivemarket.com slash blonde. And on Rasa, you can use blonde 10 for 10% off. Absolutely love all of these, all of these amazing brands and wouldn't share them with you if I didn't. So I hope that you enjoy if you try them. Also show Rachel some love, head over to her Instagram, Rachel Mansfield without the E and say hi and join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe. If you would like to continue the conversation on Facebook, facebook.com. Oh my God, Facebook. I sound like, a see, my brain fog is just, out of control. I can't believe I just told you to find Facebook. You should go to facebook.com, but you should facebook.com and search Soul on Fire Podcast Tribe. I will accept you and I cannot wait to have you in there. Introduce yourself, say hi, meet friends from all over the world. And yes, like I said in the intro, check out my YouTube video. I'm excited to be vlogging again and I'm very open to suggestions. So say hi, tell me what you think and can't wait to hear more from you guys. I will talk to you all soon. Thank you again to Rachel for being so open with our Soul on Fire tribe. Hope everyone has an incredible day. Talk soon. Talk soon.